Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. It was the first time I had met her. She was a beautiful young woman. She had this really nice way about her. She was very kind of quiet and, and, and uh, just kind of hung out on the couch in the recording room. You know, she was just very polite, very easy to talk to, and, and very sweet. So a couple days later, Lester told me that Anna was going to stop by again. And I said, oh, that's great, you know. A couple hours went by, and we hadn't heard from her. And the day just kind of kept going by. Lester kind of like was checking his watch and he wasn't sure what was going on. It wasn't like her to not, you know, let him know that she was on her way at least. We just kept working and he got a call probably like in the early evening. in this horrible car accident and Anna had passed away what makes it really tragic is that she was en route to the studio so you know it, it really deeply affected Lester and it was a really sad horrible thing and he was just brought with guilt and just feeling really bad because obviously she was coming to see him and uh You know, Lester was just really torn up about it. I could tell that he was struggling with what had happened and kind of really feeling the effects of, of her loss. I could just tell how much she meant to him. But Lester was a very dedicated, creative, you know, producer and engineer. So we just decided to keep going with the work and to keep at it. And then we agreed to, to meet the next day at the studio. So I got to work that day at the studio, and Lester was really feeling low, understandably. He was very saddened by the whole thing and, and shocked by her death. He didn't really say much. We were just trying to proceed with the work, and I could see that her death was really weighing on him still. And Lester said, I want to play you a track that I worked on. So we sat in the studio, and he pushed play. I instantaneously understood that uh, it was his way of sort of commemorating her loss. He was really saddened, and uh, the song became a tribute to his friend Anna. And uh, we just kind of sat there, you know, acknowledging her. And it was just, it was quite honestly a very heavy moment. The song ended, he reached over and hit stop. He kind of just sighed after the song ended, and we just took a moment 
And uh, he looked over at me and he says, why don't we just take a break, get some air? And uh, I said, cool. We pulled back from the console, pushed our chairs in. Lester shut down all the power in the studio, turned off the lights. The last thing he did is, you know, he locked the studio door and then we made our way out of the studio. We stood outside for about 10 or 15 minutes talking. I could just tell that Lester needed a break. You know, he kind of wanted to get out of the studio. And uh, I could tell that he didn't really want to discuss her death, but it was just weighing on his mind. So after about 15 minutes, we decided to head back to the studio. And uh, Lester unlocked the studio. As we walked into the studio, we were both shocked. I don't know what had happened, but... Some lights were on, and the same song was playing. I noticed the temperature had dropped. It was freezing cold. And as we looked to the left, where the, where the chairs were, they were in the exact same position, but they had been turned around 180 degrees, and they were facing outward. And... We were both just kind of sh shell-shocked. We were just looked at each other. There was no way that anyone got past us. No one else had access to the studio. There was no one else that was going to be there. We were just both amazed. And I looked into the corner of the studio, and I could see some sort of shadow. It just in a split second, I noticed, and I, th I saw what I thought was a shadow of a woman. And then we both saw that it was Anna. She was in the studio. I remember being being very beautiful, and uh, she just was kind of relaxing, hanging out there. And it was just like it all unfolded within seconds. And then she was gone. There was something certainly kind of supernatural about that. You know, in that moment, um, it felt like some sort of validation um, from Anna to, to Lester to let him know that he was okay, and uh, he didn't have to live with that guilt of, of thinking that in any way that it was his fault. It was just a magical, kind of strange, weird moment. Among Us, shocking real-life stories from the paranormal. And you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, August 29th, 2022, episode 278. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, I'm always glad to be back in the hot seat. As far as announcements are concerned, there's not really too much to mention. You know, the uh, the weather is nice, you know, it's about the 80s over here, and then at, the, at night, it gets down to the 60s, so it is cooling off. And uh, yeah, you know, fall weather is upon us. 
Yeah, man. Probably won't see some cool temperatures until mid-September. Uh, and that's when we'll probably see some, you know, cooler temperatures. But yeah, I love fall weather. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, you know, crispy air, you know, nice and chilly. Uh, everything just seems cleaner, you know, the changing of the leaves. And of course, Halloween is coming up. Yeah, I love it. I love this time of year. But other than that, yeah, um, tomorrow, Tuesday, a brand new episode of Aaron's Horror Show will be coming out. And Wednesday... I am unsure if Terry's going to come out with a new show or not. I've been trying to get a hold of him. He usually has a show sent in by now. But you never know. Sometimes he's a little bit late. So we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see what happens on Wednesday. But yeah, you know, everything's fine. No drama. Drama free over here, man. And so we're going to do some more listener stories. And yeah, the backlog is getting, you know, it's it's growing again. So uh, I'm going to punch out some more stories for you guys. And, well, let's get the show on the road. And you guys know what that means. Oh, yeah, man. Come on, say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, too. The story then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And the fans are still going. Nice and cool in here. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor and finish off those popsicles. Go to the freezer over there in the other corner and grab a few of them. You know, grab like three of them. Sit back and relax. And while you guys are doing that, get behind my desk here. Oh, man. Get nice and comfy. And I printed off Britt's packet. Thank you, Britt, if you're listening. And let's see here. Okay. Uh, Looks like we got a medium one and two long ones. All right. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So good when it hits the lips. All right. Let's see here. The first one. This one is by Coda, and it's titled Forgiving. Okay, Coda. Let's see what you got, man. I was extremely close to my grandfather when I was younger. As things started getting progressively worse than what they were between my biological father and my mother, my grandfather was someone I really looked up to as a father figure. He was extremely wise, straightforward, and despite his difficulty expressing affection, if you were a person he truly cared for and loved, he'd find a way to let you know every day. We're very much alike, so that was never a problem, and one of the reasons why I think we got along well enough to never have at least one argument. Anyway, we were always together. I won't sugarcoat this, so heads up. Due to the fact that my grandmother is a pain in the ass, after a few years my mother decided enough was enough and none of us blamed her. With even my grandfather's understanding, we moved away and soon it had been about 10 or so years since I last saw him, and phone calls were as close as we got. I traveled and stayed with them for a month after we found out they moved out of the States. My mom and her mother seemed to patch things up then, and I've never been happier to see him again. That's where I made the biggest mistake of my life. I was ecstatic to see him again after so long, but I admit, I didn't spend enough time with him as I should have. When he passed away, of course, that's when it caught up to me. I felt extreme sadness and guilt. I'm not much of a religious person, but not a day went by where wonder what he thought of me. I don't know why, but I never actually thought of him as 
gone, and I usually blamed it on my grieving, which angered me because I knew it wasn't something he'd like, so I did my best to forget about him. Two years went by, and almost every day I still found myself thinking about him and wondering if he would forgive me for not taking the chance when I had him right in front of me after ten or so years. I wondered if he knew I still loved him. Long story short, I had a shit ton of questions. That was until one night. I had a weird dream where I visited him when he was admitted in the hospital. I knew he was dead in my dream, and something told me he did too, but we never pointed it out. In my dream, he looked completely fine despite him being in the hospital bed. He even moved his legs and arms. The left side of his body was paralyzed. We had a great time playing card and board games. We laughed and overall just had a fantastic time and never mentioned his death. I didn't even ask why he was there. I just took the time when I had him there. I woke up feeling refreshed and happy after years. I actually dreamt of him again this morning. I was writing to him a letter for some reason. I can't remember what I was writing, but when I woke up, I felt as if he was with me, and for a split second, I completely forgot he was dead. It's very strange, and for some reason, I feel like this is his way of telling me he forgives me. Or am I still grieving harder than I thought? Well, thanks for reading my story. And man, great story. That's from Coda. Coda, thank you very much for sharing. I, you know, to tell you the truth, it could be you're still grieving, of course, and maybe that's the cause of the dream. But then again, if you think about it, it's been years since he's passed, and now you're just you're having this this weird dream, you know. And then of course you just said you had a you dreamt of him again, you know, this past morning or this morning when you're writing this letter. You would think you would have that, you know, that main dream early on, right after he passed away. But, you know, then again, it could be. It's not strange. Uh, you know, we get uh, people all the time that send in stories about, you know, them having dreams, having discussions with their past loved ones. And it's, uh, you know, they're good discussions. It's like a feel-good type of thing. Yeah, I like these stories. Yeah, Coda, thank you very much for sharing. And... What's next? What do we got? This one is by TB, and it's titled, Gold Coast. Okay, TB, let's see what you got, man. I have always been sensitive to, for the lack of a better term, paranormal. My parents have numerous stories of me just stopping in random places and having conversations with people who were not there. And working in an older 30-plus years aged care facility, I've had more than my share of experiences. But the only time one has ever frightened me was in the townhouse on the Gold Coast, Queensland, my family and I moved into in 2014. Within days of moving in, my daughter Ivy, who was two at the time, began talking to someone she called The Man though on several occasions she used the name Michael. I think my other daughter Lily, who was only a few months old at that time, could also see him as she would always be staring at the empty spot that Ivy was talking to. But as she was so young, I'm unsure, 
On occasion, he would allow me to see him, easily whilst I was reading a bedtime story to Ivy or sitting with her while she fell asleep. The first few months, he seemed harmless, and as he wasn't causing any mischief, we just left well enough alone. But after maybe four or five months, Ivy didn't want him around anymore, saying things to me along the lines of, I don't want the man in my room, Daddy. Can you sleep in my bed with me? This concerned my wife and I a bit, but what could we do? Not long after this, it's my belief that he started to push Ivy out of her bed. Ivy is small for her age, has a king-size mattress, which she sleeps in the middle of, and doesn't move around much after she falls asleep. But as many as ten times over the next three months, we'd hear a loud thump, and then her crying. After I fitted a safety rail to the bed, this stopped. But within days, small to medium-sized objects will be moved around in her room and never anything that Ivy could have reached, always on the top shelf. Things of this nature occurred regularly until we moved out in September of 2015. Once he actually realized we were leaving, thankfully after my wife and daughters were out of the house, he got angry. Smallish items would be thrown across rooms, boxes toppled. He made a general nuisance of himself. Once the move was complete, I had five days of cleaning to get everything done that needed doing, and I was sometimes alone all day. During daylight hours, he was almost behaved. If I had boxes of food, I had to make sure they're closed, or he'd spill it everywhere. But once the sun set, he would make his displeasure felt, stalking around the house radiating negative energy and pushing me on several occasions. It wasn't until the last night of the clean that he truly scared me. On a side note, I'm just under six foot tall, 240 pounds, and have 12 years of martial arts training. I don't frighten easily, and he scared me stupid. I'd left a couple of cleaning items behind by accident and had two or three last cleaning jobs to attend to, and as I worked night shift just around the corner, I thought I would pop in before work and get it all sorted. I arrived shortly after 9 p.m. and as I pulled into the driveway, could clearly see him standing in the window of what was Ivy's room. After I had opened the garage door, the inner door to the house opened all the way, then slammed. I was only in the house for 25 minutes, but in that time, he manifested as a shadowy figure, solid as you or I. Five or six times, he slammed the oven door shut on my arm. Thankfully, he never made the trip with us to our new house, and I am pleased to say, in the six months we have now been here, there have been no unexplained activities, and my daughter has not mentioned the man once. Love your network. And wow, that was great. Uh, that's from TV. TV, thank you very much for sharing. You know, I would have said, I would have said to myself, uh, screw going back cleaning. Yeah, there's no way I would go back there. And um, it's kind of odd how at first he was fine, right? Whatever this thing is. And then he started getting 
a little bit dangerous, you know. Ivy noticed it, and yeah, I wonder why that all started up like that. But um, you know what I would have done? Uh, set up a tripod with your camera, and you know, just leave it uh, recording while you, you know during those last few days, and just see if you could capture anything. You know, especially it sounds like it's pretty active over there. Yeah, I wonder why. You know. Wonder why no one does that sort of thing. But uh Yeah, you're lucky. I was thinking attachments, you know. Like you said, you're glad he didn't follow you to your new home. <laughs> That's one thing I don't like is attachments. Yeah, kinda spooks me. Alright, T V. Hey, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Yeah, there's no way, you know, okay, I'll just leave the bathroom dirty, leave the oven dirty. You know, I'm not going back there keep the deposit <laughs> all right all right what's next what do we got this one is by Alan and it's titled interesting visit okay Alan let's see what you got man a little over two years ago my young sons and myself set off to Colorado to see my relatives for a long visit the first half of the day I spent at my mother's I left around 8 in the morning the drive was pleasant enough, but it was around 11 hours or so, and I was tired when I arrived. My mom let me know I'd be bunking with my five-year-old sister that night. I was told she hardly ever slept in there, but she was looking forward to a sleepover of sorts with me and my then two-year-old and three-month-old sons. My mother's apartment was on the second story and situated between several other apartments on either side. The room I was staying in was at the back of the apartment and to the left with no windows or closet. The dining room was just outside her room and the only thing that could be seen when her door was open was the wall of the small hallway leading to the bathroom. Upon entering the room, you could see straight ahead of you a queen-sized bed taken up the back portion of her room. The bed was touching three of the four walls. I had set up a pack and play to the right by the foot of the bed. My youngest was just going to sleep in his infant seat near the door since his brother would most likely squish him if they slept together. Later that evening, we said our goodnights and headed to our room. It must have been around 9 p.m. and my kiddos were ready to get settled. After reading a bit to my young crowd, I tucked everyone in and turned out the light. The fan was on and the door was slightly cracked because of the heat. Light faintly streamed in from my mother's TV in her own room on the far side of the apartment. My sister had wanted to sleep closest to the wall, which was fine with me because I knew I'd have to get up at some point in the night to hush my three-month-old back to sleep. Judging by the rustling coming from a seat, that would perhaps be sooner rather than later. I was laying on my right side, with my eyes closed, listening to the sounds of breathing all around me as it slowly got more even and deep. My sister and older son had drifted off quite peacefully, but my little one was still stirring. I willed myself not to fall asleep because as soon as I got comfortable, I knew he'd wake up and cry out to me to soothe him. After a while, all grew quiet. He had also fallen asleep. 
I couldn't really believe it, so I opened my eyes to see if he really was asleep or just laying there awake, waiting for a midnight snack, so to speak. What I saw truly shocked me. Kneeling near my infant's place of rest was a man gazing down at my sleeping child. One of his hands looked as though it was touching the seat. I couldn't believe my eyes. I screamed silently in my mind, willing myself to wake up if I was dreaming. I quickly blinked. No, I wasn't asleep. He then turned slightly and gazed into my eyes. The stare was a curious one. It had only lasted a moment, when he suddenly disappeared before my eyes. My heart was racing as I sat up and went to my little one. He was sleeping as peacefully as ever, and no one else in the room seemed none the wiser uh, to this mysterious thing that had just occurred. The feeling in the room was not horror at seeing some otherworldly specter, but it was a feeling of calm and sleepiness. I stood there feeling incredibly unafraid. I sat back down on the bed and wondered at my latest most visual encounter. Now I understand why my small sister didn't like to sleep in here alone. After telling my family about it, minus my sister, uh, the next day, they were a little spooked, but not worried. Over the course of the two years since then, they have had several other experiences, including strange feelings, shadow people, and a time when my mother felt the entity leave entirely. My mom and brothers were just sitting around when suddenly a wind ripped through the apartment, taking some curtains with it through the open windows. Ever since then, there had been no other strange occurrences. Today my mother called and after a brief chat she asked if my brother had told me about a interesting thing that had recently happened to her. I said no, so she proceeded to tell me about a lady who drove up in a van and went up to the second story to talk with her. She asked if she resided in the apartment behind them and my mother answered yes. The woman then excitedly asked if the ghost was still there. She went on to explain that she had used to live there years ago and she was positive there was a ghost of a man living with her. And my mom shared a few of the things that had happened but told her she thought whatever it was was now gone because of the episode with the wind. Well, that certainly tied up a few loose ends for me. Yeah, thanks for reading. And that's from Alan. Alan, thank you very much for sharing. That's a great story. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I uh, This is the first time I've ever heard of someone witnessing, well, sounds like the entity left. You know, big whoosh of wind out the window. A few curtains went with it. And ever since then, yeah, nothing, everything stopped. Yeah, that's a first for me. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah, it certainly didn't seem to be, uh, you know, malicious. And that's pretty cool that uh, another, uh, an old tenant came by just to ask, um, hey, is the ghost still there? <laughs> 
Yeah, I read that all the time too. Uh, some of these uh, people that send in their stories of a house, and then you know they moved away, and then years later they want to go back just to ask the people that's currently living there if anything is happening to them. But uh, so far, I haven't got a story where they have gone back. So yeah, this is one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks again, Alan. And that is it, guys. That's all the stories I have for today. And as always, we're flattered that you come by the network. Thank you very much. We hope you're finding uh, some entertainment that you enjoy. And be sure to download the free RPA app. Just go to your app store and do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and you'll see our iconic aqua blue eye and download it. Fully functional. Stream anytime, anywhere. And don't forget, tomorrow, Tuesday, is a brand new show of Aaron's Heart Show. Wednesday, Terry, we're not too sure if there's going to be a new show or not, so we'll find out Wednesday. And then Friday, we have the brand new show that came on the network called Hoodoo Lounge Radio. And of course, it's all about the strange, paranormal, and the weird. Check them out. And of course, on Friday, we also release two brand new entertaining short films. So Friday's a pretty heavy day, and so don't miss it. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and is also made possible by LaFosse Corporation, and man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you, and good night.